Thank you for listening to Tex-Mex at the Northern Border. We'd like to thank Anchor for giving us a platform to spread the love of Jesus. All right, this is Amanda Mendoza Hawkins coming to you. Uh, the Tex-Mex at the Northern Border. I have my husband with me again today. This is Tim Hawkins. Hello. And uh, we're just, again, just having this podcast to give glory to God and just testify on years of growth and walking in faith and personal growth only through the victory of Jesus and Hey, I used to be godless. You know, I walked around in my 20s thinking I knew everything and living the way that the world told you to. You get married, you have a job, you get your mortgage, you have your car payments and all that. So, um, you know, I just really want to say during this time of 2020 and how this year has been, I really feel like it's my time to give back and step up and really be a vessel for Jesus and show show people that um, personal growth and the choice to always choose joy and to take it to God instead of other people. When you're looking for counsel and looking for a way to live your life in a path that is good and makes you feel good and fulfills you, it's really found through the Word. It's really found through the Bible. And I just, that's why I wanted to do this. So these first few episodes are really going to be about uh, breaking down the path that I started on to walk with God uh, around 31, 30 years old. And it's been a seven year journey. Um, Last time we talked about how I gave it to God and then started trusting him and he picked us up the next day and started us on a path to move to Texas where we had been trying to previously trying to have children and couldn't. And then he blessed us and we had a child in Texas and that was back in August of 2015. And so to pick it up from there, um, it was, uh, it was another journey. It was another pickup journey that God had us on. And when you start reading the Bible, you'll hear about this. I really feel like the Bible is a manual and something that uh, can really change your life. And so when you start reading it and you start in Genesis, uh, you quickly make your way through after Adam and Eve to the promise of Abraham and who he was. And just quickly on that story, uh, Abraham was a man who lived in a city and he lived with his family and his parents, you know, lived near his parents and his dad and his birth land. And they were idol worshipers and idol talkers and just not godly. And God said, I have a big promise for you. If you follow me and trust me, I will give you, you will be the father of many nations. And he had to pick up and leave his family. But he was given so much. And that promise is in all of us from God. And that's kind of what this promise was um, given to us, you know. And it's yours too for the taking. It's not just for me. It's for everybody. God, this manual, this Bible is for everybody. It's a living book. So when, again, 
you know, still hadn't picked up the Bible and wasn't reading, uh, after having the baby, I was praying and I was going to church a little bit. Um, not an actual church. It was a nursing home church. My great grandmother, who was 102, my mamaw Ruby, um, my, the great mamaw Ruby, she was, um, at a nursing home and they would will them in there and they would just have a preacher and they'd have one other person and they literally had just coloring sheets on, on a table in front of them. And then he was just sitting up there with a guitar singing songs. Jesus loves me. Yes, I know for the Bible tells me so. And these little old people were just in there. Most of them not singing, some of them looking down or sleep or drooling. And I would go sit there with my mamaw and I would, that's, that was like my first introduction, uh, to church and to anything really godly, but at that point, and, uh, it was true baby's milk and I needed it. It needed to be a, a toe put in the water. It had to be, okay, this is gently, gonna be introduced to you and um he knew that it i thought it was perfect and extremely poetic that it was with my mammal that's such a simple it was just so simple just sitting at a table and uh after i had katarina um you know i was praying every day and trying and just you know trying to do that on my own and i was asking for guidance and i started getting visions of michigan while living in Texas, which is odd because when you're born in Texas, you are basically branded with the Texas emblem right on your ass, right when you're born. And that's, you're a Texan. So to be a Texan that had moved away and then moved back to Texas and had only been back a year and a half and starting a visions of Michigan. And every time I turn on the TV, there were images of Michigan and commercials of pure Michigan. And I would have dreams of water. I'd never been to Michigan in my life. I'd never been to the Great Lakes, but I just had visions of this very pretty, clear, blue water. And I'd really only seen that in parts of the Gulf uh, near Mexico or uh, Dominican Republic. I'd, I'd never seen that in the United States as far as uh, lakes or clear water was concerned. So it was just very odd to me that I started getting all of this. And Katerina was very young. She was only a few months old to... Uh, the three-month checkup and after we got back from that he had taken off the day and and we started talking and we were standing in the hallway in my mammal's house because she had let us live there while she was um, in the nursing home and that's where we lived when we lived in Texas and I said all right well are we gonna pull this trigger and start looking for a job in Michigan and he's like yeah, sure. And I was like, all right, well, why don't you, you know, just since you have time today, why don't you just go check online to see if any of your colleagues that you had worked with, you know, if they had any connections. And he looked on there and there was a guy that he'd worked with in Richmond, Virginia, and he had reached out to him and the guy through Facebook <laughs> and the guy had contacted him 10 minutes later and was like, yeah, I have a job posted. I'm actually up here in Michigan. Let me give you a call in 10 minutes. And they ended up talking. And after that conversation, Tim had a job. I mean, if that was not God's plan, I don't know what was because we had looked for jobs for years in several different states at different parts of 
uh, our marriage in the beginning, trying to look at different, you know, trying to move up and trying to move up in the world like anybody else and never got anywhere. And then all of a sudden God's given us these images and we were, you know, like little babies with the, with the baby's milk, you know, remember, you know, going to that, those little church services on Sunday in the nursing home and praying, he, he was like, I can work with this. They really want to get close to me. So I'm going to help them again. So he got us this job and that was like November of 2015. And by February of 2016, we were in Michigan. nobody understood it everybody was thought we were crazy to get up again and do another national move and it wasn't for any more money it was he was making the gonna make the exact same money that he was making in dfw i mean it was you know it was maybe a little bit more but it was enough to be like okay we're gonna do this you know it wasn't a loss of money it was basically like breaking even when you look at the cost of living right so at the time if you trust god things will look You're like, well, I don't feel like this is a move. I don't feel like, you know, this is a big risk. You know, if you trust God and keep praying, he will work with you. It does not have to be some holy moly guacamole type prayer that you think is just all holy, holy, holy. It's just not going to be like that in the beginning. It's just not. It's just going to be trust and having faith and, and just holding Jesus's hand while you're following the breadcrumbs on a path that God has for you. I mean, I really feel it's like that. And and the closer you get with God over the years, that path isn't going to look like breadcrumbs anymore. That path is going to look, it, it's going to look very clear to you. And even when things look, start looking dark or make no sense at all or start falling, if you've built that foundation with God while holding Jesus's hand, it doesn't matter how hard that's, how hard that path gets or how bad that storm gets he is still going to hold you through that he is still going to hold your hand and pull you through it and walk you through it and where there is no path there is a way because it's god's plan and we just have little human brains <laughs> we did we did not create something where there was a bunch of planets revolving around a sun at thousands of miles an hour and it never goes off of orbit we did not create that we did not create the planets with gravity and water and land and animals and several other planets and other planets further on in our galaxy we did not create that so to think that we know every step of God's plan or that we should, that I just don't think that that's what it is. It's just having faith and he will work with you. He will work with you. And so that's what we did. And we got here into Michigan and we took a six or nine month rental. I think it was um, six months. Six months. And it was the only play, it was the only landlord that would take two Huskies. As I remember, because it was a small, like 900 square foot house in Berkeley for like $1,400 a month and with one toilet. (laughs) One toilet's never good. (laughs) One toilet is never good with two adults. I don't, with anybody else. It was, it was, uh, it was definitely um, humbling. Again, humbling. So we get in there and there's this itty bitty post-war house you know and i was i was thrilled it actually kind of reminded me of one of those small houses in fort worth by uh pascal high school 
uh, right there by TCU. That's going to remind me of one of those old houses over there that my uh, grandparents used to live in. And, uh, and we moved right in. And we stayed there for six months, and we just kept praying. And we started looking for houses immediately. And, you know, we'd seen houses here and there and maybe put a few bids on them, but weren't, you know, they were getting outbid, and we weren't seriously trying to compete, you know, because it just didn't feel like our house. It was just like, okay, let's try. And then it really started getting real when um, we found the area. That's where, I think that's where God led us. When he led us to the water. It was in the winter, and we had both driven, and we saw the water, and we were, we were like, oh my goodness, um, this is it. So we need to start looking for houses over here. And we started uh, looking, and behold, we found this house that was way overpriced than where we needed to be. <laughs> But we uh, still trusted, and the realtor in me, because that's what I did in my 20s, was just like, okay, well, let's look at it. It is a builder house. Maybe we can negotiate it because there was something wrong with it, and the builder had to buy it back, and now he was reselling it. So I'm like, the Tex-Mex enemy is like, woo, bargain deal. <laughs> I'm slashing this price. So uh, that's what we did. We started looking at houses, and we found one, and... Um, it was a little nerve wracking. We came in fifty grand under asking and asked for ten in closing, and the builder came in about ten. At, came up about ten, and we he still was going to pay the closing cost, and we came out on a deal. I think it was like ten or fifteen grand more than what we had. You know, I'd asked for fifty grand under asking, right. and he only came up like ten or fifteen, and then that was it. And we got in this contract, and we were like, oh my gosh, like. I thought this house was a palace. I mean, going from a kid that grew up in a trailer until I was seven and then uh, grew up in a very humbling three-bedroom, two-bath rancher in Arlington, Texas, uh, to then, you know, having an opportunity to live where I live now, I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is a miracle. But then, you know, when you start running the numbers for the mortgage and you start seeing what things really look like, you're like, oof, do we want to do this? But it was literally going to be $1,400 a month with everything. And we were like, well, shoot, we're paying that right now just for rent. And that was even kind of steep for us for rent. And we didn't know if we wanted to go that high on a mortgage. So then we started praying and we were going to get out of it. And then the next day after we were like, okay, maybe we should just get out of this contract. We still have that window. A position opened up in his department that was a union position. And we could see a tier system that he was going to be paid. And we were like, oh my goodness, this is a miracle. If he gets this position, then we can get this house and we're, we'll be living at and or even at some point under our means. And that was a, such a blessing. And you and right. it gave us peace. And I was like, okay, this is God's telling us to do this. And yeah. it was just a miracle. I, I mean, to again, another miracle that's in a, and following the path, right? At, at first, didn't know that this was going to happen. All of a sudden, we're here in Michigan. Then we get a house, you know, getting a contract and not sure if we should go forth with it. And the next day a, a position opens up. And I think you started that position before we even closed on the house. Yeah, it was pretty close. It was around the same time, yeah. I think, something like that. And so, 
mean, we feel like we're living in a mansion. I mean, we feel extremely blessed. I have three toilets. Right. <laughs> you know, I feel extremely not one. blessed. Not one, the, not two, but three. Whoever has a house with one toilet is exactly <laughs> what we're talking about. Oh, yes. <laughs> so it was uh, a real blessing. I was um, just started feeling like, oh my gosh, like this is it. Like God's really leading me closer and closer to Him. And I'm praying to Him. And we get in the house and I think it, like, maybe five weeks six weeks went by and like i said i had two huskies and i was i put them on the leash one day put the kid in the stroller um and i was standing in the garage with both these huskies on the leashes and i was like i just said a simple prayer i said dear god please let me go in this park and find a forever godly friend someone that can be a counsel and someone who can you know lead me closer to you i don't know how that is but i just feel like i need someone who is a godly influence so i walked out of my garage and i went to the park connected to my neighborhood and right when i came out of the woods with my huskies these two kids at the top of this huge hill that kids up here in michigan snow down they come running down, and this was in the summer, so they come running down, they're like, it's snow dogs, oh, it's snow dogs, and they come running down this hill, and I see this woman walking over, like, oh my gosh, my kids are walking towards these husky dogs, <laughs> and there's two of them, and I have this baby and a stroller, um, and she's just uh, very friendly, and we get to talking, and, and we're walking, and Again, I have to say, I was um, very fresh, very new walking with God, right? So I did not have the mouth of a follower. And I was just dropping F-bombs and cursing and like, you know, talking like (laughs) any other text mix would, you know, oh, blankety blank, blank this and blah, blah, blah. And and just carrying on F-E-D-F. And she never once judged. She never once rolled her eyes. Even though before I just left the garage to ask for a godly friend and here I am because I'm nervous I have I've haven't been around anybody for months. You have to remember I'd already left Texas and I didn't know anybody and I didn't talk to anybody at the rental house. It was in the middle of winter and then we moved into this house in May and June of that summer of 2016 and so I had had no friends or any really personal contact with anybody. So the second I was like a it was like a dog finally getting petted at the SPAC, you know, on a pet day, you know, come, come in and get a free pet. And I just like, Oh my goodness, someone's talking to me. And I just got nervous, but she saw through all of that. And she just happened to be a four year or three year at the time leader in a woman's and a mom's women ministry at a church. It was from, uh, it's called Mops. It was from Moms of Preschoolers. And that was all new to me. I'd never heard or did anything like that of mom groups or anything. And she asked me, she's like, are you a part of a mom group or anything? And I was like, no. And she goes, well, I am at, you know, at a church. Do you believe in God? And I was like, yeah. She's like, would you, would you be okay with being in a mom group that was, you know, surrounded around God? (laughs) And I think. 
thinking, yes, I didn't want to sound like a crazy person, you know, and start with all this excitement. So I'm like trying to play it cool. And that's where I'm dropping all these (laughs) F-bombs. And she's just seeing right, right through this. And she's like trading numbers with me and she's like well in five weeks we're gonna have um just a meet and greet and then we'll start the meetings in september october something like that and i just thought wow this is this is right on point this is exactly what i'm praying for god knew i needed help and it needed to happen quick before i started reverting back to old amanda he knew that i was ready for some growth for some meat you know starting to get off that baby's milk and starting getting on the solids which meant hey you need to get a part of a group you need to walk into a church or you need to go to someone that uh you know has a close relationship with god or maybe you just need to simply open up the bible or pull it up on your phone and i would suggest starting with the niv version of the bible and start there you know, I prayed for someone. I need. I needed someone to lead me to the Bible, to lead me to the church, you know, to lead me with direction. I didn't know where to start at all. So I needed that, and I prayed for that, and, and you know, God brought me that. So I start this mom's group, and I get at the table with this woman that I'd met, and then another woman who was the wife of the youth pastor at the church, and um, they had been there for like nine or ten years, I think, at the time. And they had started, if I believe correctly, out of out of college, out of um, going to like Bible school or something. And I know that's what their degrees are in. So uh, I was way out of my means, you know, talking about someone rough on the edge. The Tex-Mex showed up at a table of Michigan godly moms. And wow, let me tell you, not one person treated me unkindly. Everybody was extremely uh, just generous and welcoming and loving and supportive and just saw past all my flaws. And was like, this is a child of God. This is someone that is saying, I'm ready to grow a relationship. I'm ready to grow and change. And that was some real real growth and I was we would start talking about uh, our marriages and praying for our children or there was I remember there was me and another girl that were both trying to get pregnant again and we just didn't think it was going to happen without fertility doctors and and at this time we just didn't know where Tim was you know we didn't know where he was in, in his health journey so we were trying to uh get with a doctor here but it was it was different than in texas because where we live the fertility doctors are separate from the urologist and where we had gone in texas it was a one-stop shop they it was a couple thing you didn't have to go anywhere it was a team effort and and that it was everybody's on the same page but this the you know here was different they were like you got to go see this doctor and then you got to go see that doctor but yet they don't talk and it was just Okay, you know, you start getting frustrating. I had a lot of anger issues that I was trying to deal with at the time or, or was just now acknowledging, really. 
I wouldn't say dealing with. I would say at the point, just acknowledging. I was just acknowledging, oh, I got a severe anger problem, <laughs> you know, and it needs to be addressed because now I'm going to be raising a daughter and how do I want to raise her? I want to raise her to have anger issues like me or do I want to raise her in the word and to keep her joy and to choose peace? That was an awakening. That's why I needed the friend. That's why I needed the group. And even right now in this pandemic of 2020, I would say even just getting on a Zoom call group, finding someone that you can talk to and FaceTime with, maybe someone that'll read one or two lines of scripture with you a day just to get you started, anything. Maybe you have a friend or something or someone and you're like, we should, I, we both kind of feel like we want to get close to God. Maybe we start reading a, a page a day in the Bible together, you know, little things there. I can't tell you how much this helped me and like I said in the meantime we were praying and I was just telling everybody you know like this is the problems we're facing this is what we're looking for I mean I had every church lady praying for my husband's franken beans for us to have (laughs) another kid I mean I'm not kidding I said do you realize how many church women I have praying for you right now we need to get this together and get on I mean we were trying to make phone calls line things up it was exhausting (laughs) And I guess just to recap, you know, my testosterone was low, sperm count was low, I had to get it up using medicine in Texas to have our first child. And the doctor told us, you're always going to need to be on medicine. Um, there's no way your sperm count, your testosterone is going to go up naturally. So we came, what, to... We went to a urologist. A urologist. You know, I think we started off because we just thought, well, we need to raise my testosterone up, so I need to start taking testosterone. So I started taking that for several months. wasn't getting pregnant again. We figured, well, maybe we should have it tested and looked at again and go through all that. And the doctor told him we wanted to try to get pregnant. And he kind of looked at me in shock and was like, whoa, you shouldn't be taking testosterone if you're trying to get pregnant. And I was like, what? And apparently, I guess, the way you take testosterone today through shots or whatever actually it can bring your sperm count down to zero because <laughs> it makes your body stop making it naturally right and i just remember going to you know my mom's group and so crying with this yeah. woman like oh my gosh i, I don't know what what so, we're going to do and well, well one, you stopped taking you can, that immediately yeah, you stopped taking it immediately and then we had the doctor check my sperm obviously to see where i was at and to our surprise it was perfectly normal yes there <laughs> like was i was a young 20 year old man it was right where it needed to be and you hadn't lost any weight really i had not changed my diet i did not change the way i worked out i actually probably wasn't working out much at all then i mean i was probably trying the least to be a better healthy person mm-hmm. and uh, no different than when my testosterone was low in texas and after the doctor in Texas told you know told us told me basically that I would always have to have medicine and I would have to take right the and that you would want to keep your testosterone up to not get cancer because right. that was another thing because on it was low and we didn't know why when so, now when you think about after finding out it's really it was stemmed of being unhealthy you know it came from being unhealthy in a sense I feel because you right. started getting healthier. After we left Texas, I feel like we just started eating better immediately. I mean, I don't know what it is. You can call it a miracle that my sperm count 
I think it was. Normal. I think it was after definitely God intervened because after we found that out, we then were like, okay, let's go back to the fertility doctor. And we called her up and we said, okay, um, she, we told her what was going on and that you were ready. And we sent the numbers over and she's like, okay, great. Uh, call me when you are supposed to start your period. So we called her up and we set up an appointment and Tim went in on a Sunday to give a sample for, you know, to give a, a sample of his sperm because she needed that because I was going to, I was supposed to start my period that week of April and she said, okay, um, have him come in this week. We'll get the numbers. And then when you start, we'll come in 15 days later ovulation and we'll do an insemination like your first child. So he went in on a Sunday to do that and it was before church and I'm getting the kids together or I'm getting Katarina together by myself and he comes back and he's like, right when he opens up the garage door walking into the kitchen, he's like, well, if we're going to get pregnant this cycle with her, then it better happen this time because she's retiring at the end of the month and her whole practice is closing. And I remember gasping for air in the kitchen like, because <gasps> we had worked a whole year to get to this point. And yeah. I was just thrown back. And you I instantly thought was, I just started crying and I wasn't blaming God, but I was just like, oh my gosh, why? Why am I going to have to start again? I'm not from here. And this is really hard just finding doctors as anybody out there can, you know, say witness to, oh my gosh, just trying to find a doctor in this day and age is, it's a chore. It takes hours, if not days to find someone in your network and all of this nonsense. And it didn't even matter because I remember going to church and I went to go pray at the altar and I was crying and I went to this woman I had been taking uh, Bible study classes with. She was my teacher at the time and I went to her to pray and and she knew what was going on and I told her what had happened and she, she gasped too. And she got thrown back, but she was, her response was completely different from mine because she'd been walking decades with Jesus and she had, she had a tough road personally and she gasped and she goes, Amanda, do you think that God didn't know this was already going to happen? He has you. Don't worry about it. And I'll never forget those words. She was like, do you think that God didn't know this was already going to happen? And literally four or five days later went, you know, had gone by and I realized, hmm, I hadn't started my period. So I take a pregnancy test and long behold, I was pregnant. So I didn't even need to do that fertility treatment as far as going in there to do the insemination. He didn't even need to go in there and give a sample because it didn't matter. God had already worked. Right. And I was pregnant because he saw that we were faithful. And I really thought, I'm like, yes, this is going to work because this is how he did it last time. And this is what he wants me to do. And he was like, nope, you know what? You trust me. Here's a blessing. And I was just in awe. We never thought that we'd find out we were pregnant. Like Naturally. everyone else. Yeah. I <laughs> thought that it was always going to be some planned thing that you're yeah. going to have to count it out. And it's just going to be this and that. And, Gonna do artificial insemination and then you know 
Paul and stuff yeah. all over again, you know. Yeah, and we were praying with Katarina at night, you know, because we would do prayers as a family before she was going to bed, mm-hmm. and we would pray for a, a little brother or sister, and here was this miracle on the way. And all this time we were thinking we were going to have all these human hands that God was like, not this time. This is going to be me. Right. And that was that was a true blessing. And that pregnancy, I I weighed less. I think when I got pregnant that time, I was 178. So I had dropped some weight since giving birth. Um, because at the high, at giving birth with Katerina, I was 214. And then after that time, you know, I've been trying to work out, trying to eat better, but it was slowly coming off and I'd gotten pregnant at, you know, weighing that much. And I didn't have gestational diabetes this time, but this was a different go around for me. It was the winter and I was um, I don't know. I just kept getting sick up here every winter. It would turn. I just wasn't. I'm not. Every time I move across the country, the first few winters really throw my body off. And I was just sick that winter. And oh, I, you thought it was the winter. Yeah. Well, this that time it was, and it it was bad. And uh, I I was on like three or four, maybe I think it was three things of antibiotics. Uh, different rounds of it I just kept getting sinus uh, infections could not knock them and then I give I go to the hospital in January of 2019 to give birth and it was a uh, it was a thing let me tell you it was a thing you know I get there and all of a sudden I'm asked hey can we have a bunch of students in here to be or with, a student. It was just one student. Uh, I felt like there was like five people, five students in there coming in and out. It was one. Was it just the one that passed out while I was, was trying to get the epidural? So they bring the student in and she passes out. She made she the was bad pregnant. decision. She was pregnant. And she made the first decision kid. to look around your body and look at the back. And she saw her put the needle and then she passed out. Yeah, so I'm trying to get this needle for this epidural <laughs> in my back. And she passes out. So people are attending to her while <laughs> I'm trying to, to get this ne- well, there was a needle, needle in my going back. in your back. So I wasn't happy about that. And then my doctor, they never called my doctor. And the entire time that I saw my doctor, every time I went, I told her I only want a woman de- uh, delivering my baby. I do not want a man. I don't feel comfortable like with that. I just want a woman. And when it was time to push, boom, there was this big man... He looked big to me, and he looked like a grown Eddie Munster. I'm not kidding. My husband said he was not that big, but even in my memory today, he just looked like a he looked like a giant, and he looked like a grown Eddie Munster with that pointy hair. I don't know. It looked like it looked like he was pouring it on with pepper. I don't know what it was, but it was just really pointy. And like I said, he looked like a grown up Eddie Munster, and it just threw me off. I was like, no. And I remember my body just froze and would not push, and it was. Painful, and, and I had girl, to sit there yeah, and wait for twenty minutes, there. which, yeah, looking yeah. back, might have been dangerous because I know with trying to get children out, and if you keep yeah. if they're kept in the tunnel and they can have uh, 
lack of oxygen getting to their brain. It can be very dangerous. But I just froze. My body just froze up. I don't even know if I could have pushed her out because I just felt so tense at the time. I definitely think it contributed because this pregnancy was much more painful than it was for your first child. Yeah. I don't even feel like that epidural was working at the end. It was just, it was a really stressful time. And, um, it just, that experience wasn't the best for me. (laughs) And, but to see Christiana come out was, it, it washed away and she was so beautiful and she was perfect. She was perfect. She came out and she had a full head of hair and she cried immediately and she weighed, I think it was like six pounds, seven ounces. Yeah, right around Katarina when she weighed. And she, because Katarina was an even six. So I felt, and she, she still came two weeks early, just like Katarina did. But she was seven ounces bigger. So I was like, all right, no gestational diabetes. And she was a little bit bigger. And this kid Definitely started eating tough, immediately. Tough kid. A little tough kid. Oh my gosh, this little girl. Muscle walking around. <laughs> was tough coming out and she started eating immediately um she didn't have any jaundice we brought her home the next day and she was such a blessing you know ate really good never had a problem eating never had a problem sleeping her sister loved her she was just a cute little thing just a little teddy bear yeah i love her so much and now she's a wild teddy bear at 18 months. And yep. boy, is she strong. That kid is strong. Super strong. Super strong. And picking she's things up and. <laughs> really smart. Should be picking up. I know. It's nuts. And she's just a, just a powerhouse. And I love her so much. And I really feel that that baby was given to us as a gift. Yeah. Of trust, a gift of walking with him and leaning on him and holding Jesus' hand. It was such a blessing. So thankful. There was so much growth that year. It wasn't, I feel like the reason that things kept getting dragged out, looking back at it with the fertility, you know, doctor's appointments and then going to the urologist and not knowing how that was going and then freaking out about all of that and in the meantime I was taking bible classes and reading starting to read the bible and really getting into prayer and learning how to pray and learning how to use the bible you weren't ready to be parents just weren't ready for two parent you know two kid a two kid thing 20s early 30s we were not ready to be parents had no business being parents I tell you, just coming up here and doing that, it was a true, it was a true blessing. And he saw again, he saw that trust, and he saw that following, and he was like, "I'm gonna bless him." And it was just a blessing. So I just want to say thank you for listening again, and just to say during this time, there are so many more miracles that God has in planned for not just us, but for you, and. For that Bible to be opened and just let it and start breathing because it's a living book for you and I just want to let you know that and to always know that he is there for you and the second that you turn to him he will take your hand so I just want to say love yourself love God and have some trust and have a little bit of faith and I promise you 
I promise you Jesus will change your life. God bless your family and God bless this country. Amen.